This is What The Flux. I'm Brett. And I'm Justin. And it's Wednesday the 18th of November. Justin, President Trump has told friends he wants to start a digital media company to clobber Fox News. (laughs) Brett, biotech company Moderna says its coronavirus vaccine is 94.5% effective against COVID-19. I like it. Cop that, Pfizer, with your 90% effectiveness. (laughs) But at the end of the day, it is just another big win in the fight against the COVID pandemic. And we have three really big winning stories today. Let's do it. For our first, Australian investors were unable to trade on the Australian share market for most of the day on Monday when the entire system went down. It's absolutely crazy stuff. What is the story? Well, it all started at 10.24am on Monday when the Australian Securities Exchange... The ASX. Well, that encountered a major outage which prevented investors and traders from buying and selling shares. Brett, let's put this into perspective. Over the last 30 days, there have been an average of one and a half million trades done each day prior to Monday. So why exactly did the ASX go down? Well, a software issue relating to trading has copped the blame here. But others are asking, was the ASX actually hacked? (laughs) So what's the key learning here? The ASX is essential for commerce and trade in Australia. But glitches like Monday definitely raise questions about its reliability. Mm. So B-Man, which people suffered most? Well, there are three groups of sufferers, Justin. (laughs) The first group, uh, the two companies who planned to IPO on Monday. Number two group were all investors. The US share market hit an all-time high on the previous business day, so it was expected that the same would happen in Australia. And three was the ASX's brand. Mm -hmm. This technical failure is another hit to Australia's desire to one day become a central hub for the broader Asian region. For our second story, Afterpay and other buy now, pay later platforms will be required to limit the types of customers that they target under new Mm. regulations. Regulators versus buy now, pay later round 24. (laughs) Okay, what's happening here? Corporate watchdog ASIC has released a highly anticipated report on the buy now, pay later industry and has recommended new obligations to bring these companies back in line. Get this, Brett. The top six buy now, pay later companies share 6.1 million users in Australia between them. That is nearly one in three Australian adults. Huge. But now, buy now, pay later companies will be required to limit the types of customers that they can market to. And the buy now, pay later companies will have to justify to ASIC which customers they do target. So what's the key learning here? The buy now, pay later sector is kind of like Pete Evans. (laughs) You either love it or you completely hate its guts. Do people actually love it? I don't think so. (laughs) But right now, Australia finds itself in a recession-like situation and unemployment rates are set to increase. So buy now, pay later companies have been super keen to present themselves as budgeting tools that help Australians. And to date, regulators have been okay with this. They've actually enabled the industry to regulate itself. But ASIC reckons around one in five users are now cutting back or foregoing essentials like food to service their buy now, pay later debts. Bad. And if the industry doesn't act fast to rectify this, you can bet your bottom dollar that ASIC <laughs> probably will. For our third and final story, Fitness tracking app Strava has raised $136 million after boasting about its growth rate of 2 million new users per month in 2020. That is impressive numbers. Tell me more. Firstly, Strava tries to blend activity tracking with community and networking. Think features like virtual competitions and a news feed that tracks the exercise activity of you and your friends. And Strava has 70 million members now, or athletes as they like (laughs) to call it, with 
users in over 195 countries globally. I actually love it that they call me an athlete. <laughs> and with gym closures happening around the world, that could mean even more interest in outdoor activity. And even more interest in Strava. So what's the key learning here? When you align your mission with your business model and the goals of society, it becomes a win-win-win. Strava has a mission to make cities better for cyclists and pedestrians. But it also wants to help more sustainable design of the world's cities. And how do they do this? Well, they leverage the data that they collect from its users in an aggregated and anonymized way. And then it provides that data to city planners and transport managers. This hopefully leads to better running tracks, cycling lanes, etc. Which ultimately means more running and more cycling for Strava users. And more dollary dues for Strava too. <laughs> Fluxfam, a big shout out to members of the Fluxfam who follow us on Insta. We love getting your thoughts and feedback on all things Flux through Insta, so keep it coming. And if you don't follow us yet, head over to Flux.finance. Thanks for listening and we'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.